Spoilers. Woo! Spoilers. Huzzah! Spoiler season with us. New yeah. cards! Welcome to uh, episode five of Spoiler Season. Uh, Spoiler Season is brought to you by New England Comics. You can check them out at the NEC Facebook Coolidge and Flipside Gaming at flipsidegaming.com. So we're excited to welcome back Min to the Spoiler Season podcast. Hey guys. Welcome back, Min. Min is coming fresh off of his GP Vegas Top 8. Woo. Min, you want to tell us a little about that? What, yeah. was, what was your strategy mm. for crushing it? I got very lucky day one, and day two I drafted all the invocations. Okay, okay. So how many invocations total did you draft? I had uh, two invocations, but I got one in my pool. It was okay. pretty awesome. Okay, okay. Yep. And you, I uh, heard you cast one or two of them? Oh yeah, Counterspell and Divert. I sided in Divert against a Red Blacks deck with lots of uh, kill spells. It's great. The luck oh, on the space was that sounds, awesome. That sounds excellent. Why wasn't he playing around the Divert? I don't know. It's, some people just don't think that's side of the That's box. right. Some people are just bad players. <laughs> it's like they think the odds of seeing that spell are low or something. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy talk. So I didn't even know that purpose in the set. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what I did. Uh, Joe, do I want to deck check my opponent? He played Divert. It's not a legal card. Uh, it looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh card as well. So Something wrong with the borders? Yeah, I don't know that. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to review, uh, we only got eight cards spoiled on Friday, um, so we, we didn't actually review them, and they were all, uh, well, we didn't think they were the most uh, exciting of spoilers. Did the but, spoilers torment you? Uh, they tormented us a little bit. So we're going to review all of uh, Friday and then also uh, Monday as well today. So we're going to start off with Doomfall. So Doomfall is black two sorcery. Choose one. Target opponent exiles a creature he or she controls. Target opponent reveals his or her hand. You may choose a non-land card from it. Exile that card. So uh, what do people think of this one? I think it's great in draft. I, I, you think it's I, great in draft? Okay, maybe not draft. I just, I love removal in limited. Exile a creature for three mana. That's fine. That of your opponent's choice. Oh, of your opponent. Oh, you know, I didn't read that part. Yeah. That's, like, so key. I think this is pretty bad now. I think this is really, really bad, and I'm pretty sure I wouldn't play it. I, I was about to defer to Ryan on this one, because this seems more like a constructed card um, yeah. than a limited card to me. Um, like, uh, uh, an edict is okay in limited, but not always great. Um, the fact that you have a choice between, you know, having an edict or getting rid of a card in their hand is, is good, but... It's still a card I might hesitate to main deck. Um, it, it, it just seems like there would be a lot of situations where it just would do nothing, which yeah. is not ideal. So this seems like it's the black piece in the cycle uh, of like combining two standard playable cards into like you can choose one. Uh, so we had a Braid and we had a Supreme Will, uh, and both Braid mm -hmm. and Supreme Will do seem like very construct playable, but the black one does not. Um, a couple of reasons why. First, this is a sorcery, uh, and allowing, uh, casting a removal spell at sorcery speed for three mana is much less good than instant speed, particularly when that spell is going to be something that your opponent decides what creature they want to get rid of. <laughs> Whatever's best for um, them. Exactly. Especially while like Oath of Liliana is still in the format, which just provides upside uh, afterward. And additionally, the three mana, so typically on these cards what you see is you see a higher cost for the additional flexibility of having the uh, choice between two modes, but in this case, neither mode is doing enough. Like, Transgress the Mind is already a stretch, or Lay Bear the Heart is already a stretch at two mana. Like, really, we want to see these effects at one mana with Duress and Thought Season being really good. Um, so three mana for choose a card and exile it, not great. And the other option being three mana for exile a creature of your opponent's choice, also not great. 
Um, and the flexibility does not make up for the fact that the mm. two modes are bad and the card is too expensive and it's a sorcery. So I, I'm very down on this card. You look absolutely disgusted, sir. I am, I'm a little disgusted with it, honestly. This uh, card is meta, it's doom. Well, because that's the name of the card, Doomfall. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty yeah. funny. How come you never say my jokes are funny? Because <laughs> they're, they're not. not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hurting here. Um, so our next card, we're going to start the Torment cycle. We're going back to, what set was that? Torment. That was a set of magic cards back in the that day. Was a set? Torment, yeah. They had a, the, the theme of the set was like, we're going to skew the color pie toward black and print more black cards than anything else. And then it didn't go That's well. a weird theme. It doesn't yeah. sound like it would go it well. It didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> so the Torment cycle is a, uh, we don't see these a ton anymore, vertical cycle, where you have one at common, one at uncommon, and one at rare. Um, and actually, they're all different card types as well. All different card types and all in black. So it's not our like classic recent cycles of like one in each of the five colors. Mm. But yeah. It, cool in that way, but I would say the cards individually are, are not that cool. Uh, well, why don't we talk? Why don't we read them first? Yeah, let's, before let's take a closer jumping to look. hasty conclusions. I'm just giving people a preview. Don't get too excited yet. Okay, okay. We'll build up the hype slowly. So Torment of Venom is black, black, two, instant. Put three minus one minus one counters on target creature. Its controller loses three life unless he or she sacrifices another non-land permanent or discards a card. Uh, I'm just going to read the other two as well. Black three, Torment of Scarabs, Enchantment or a Curse. Enchant player at the beginning of Enchanted player's upkeep. That player loses three life unless he or she sacrifices a non-land permanent or discards a card. And Torment of Hailfire is black black X, Sorcery. Repeat the following process X times. Each opponent loses three life unless that player sacrifices an online permanent or discards a card. So we're going to start with common and move our way up. So Torment of Venom. What do you think of Torment of Venom? I think it's an interesting card. It's a card that I would initially be quick to dismiss as being low on, on power level. Um, like um, a similar card may, maybe you would compare to is a flat and three in the black from a couple sets ago. which gave minus four, minus four. Yeah. Um, and that, that was a high pick. But And this one seems... Maybe a little strictly worse, you know, the double black, only uh, minus three, minus, uh, minus three, minus three. But on the other hand, you know, it's three minus one, minus one counters. And the fact that there are counters, um, there's a lot of synergy within, mm -hmm. this, within the set. Um, and it, it, it could provide some good value there. Um, I don't know, I don't really know what to think of the additional, like, uh, torment clause, the lose three life or sacrifice or non-impermanent or discarded card. Um, my first instinct is to kind of dismiss it as, you know, the, the general the general philosophy is like if you give your opponent a choice, they'll always pick up what's best for them. So it's not really that great. But the fact but the fact that this is added on to a removal spell makes me think that, you know, it could be a, a nice fringe benefit and it's something that I'd probably actually be happy to play in the in the black deck. Okay. Yeah, I, I like your assessment of it. I think that largely you can ignore the torment clause and treat this basically as a four mana instant to put counters on stuff. Um, and sometimes, you're right, it will benefit. There'll be some small benefit to, to the clause. But, um, you know, for a four mana instant, uh, and this is a common as well, so this is a nice card to be able to pick up. Uh, and I like the permanence of minus one, minus one counters. It's a nice combat trick as well. Um, and like you said, there's nice synergies. Yeah, like um, another card to compare it to is Splendid Agony, right? In the mm -hmm. set, two minus one, minus one counters. Like, you might, you might look at that and say, that's just that's just worse than that minus two, minus two enchantment, whose name is, I've already forgotten. Um, but you know that 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 uh, splendid agony turns out to have lots of uses, um, and I could see this one being pretty good as well. Definitely, definitely. 
Um, let's move on to the next one, Torment of Scarabs. So this is the uh, Enchantment Curse. And this one is, is interesting because you don't... Uh, this is permanent, right? You don't have to do anything. Basically, every upkeep, the Torment Clause happens, where they lose through life unless they sack an online permanent or discard a card. Uh, what do you think of this card? This, again, has the problem of you're letting your opponent choose. So if they're high on life and they're killing you, they're not going to sacrifice their awesome creatures that you really want to kill right now. They're just going to take a couple hits on their life and still be ahead on board. Um, and if they're, you know, behind on life, then, you know, if they're going wide on the board, which you often do in limited, like, they can probably afford to sacrifice some of their little creatures in the late game. I, I think this is a lot better if you can get it out early because... Over the course of a lot of turns, you know, even if you're making the best choice for yourself, it just adds up, right? Like, all the choices become bad. If you're racing, three life is really valuable, or that creature is really valuable, or that last card that could put you over the edge. So, yeah, I mean, if it's out there for a long time, maybe the value is good enough. It's just, like, yeah, I don't know. I guess if limited goes, because I think it's been a pretty quick format recently, but if it becomes longer then the the fact that this is cumulative over turns might be more important. So a, a quick word on that. Um, so I, I don't know if the limited format would be faster or slower than before. I, I kind of find it hard to believe it would be faster than, you know, a six-filter <laughs> six plate pack. Um, I, my gut instinct would be say it would probably be slower because mostly because of the eternal eternalized mechanic, which encourages you to play creatures and encourages them to die. So my, my feeling is that um, this, this, this limited format might be a little slower. And also, I'm a kid limited after, you know, after everybody discovered the fast aggro decks, it became slow again. Not, not super slow, but, you know, I, I've, I've done a couple drafts since then, and, you know, I've never been, you know, I've never, I've never seen, like, eight different aggro decks at a table, like, Mid-range decks have a place. Um, Torment of Scarabs is interesting to me because it's a four drop, but it's actually something I would not want to play as a four drop because it's it's I, 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 because there are so quick decks, mm -hmm. and if you play on a four drop, you're right, it does it's going to do nothing. Your opponent will always pick the best choice. But there are limited decks where you're going where the where the decks turn out to be very dirty, you know, blue black or black green or whatever our friend Raif plays. Exactly. It's always exactly. super real. You know, you wait till then, you drop you drop one of these and you just accumulate the value. It's right. it's like a weaker cruel reality in that sense, but mm. on the other hand, it's easier to play and you can probably get multiple of these. So I, I could see a use for this card. Um, I wouldn't pick it highly, but yeah. I could see decks where, you know, I, I kind of go through the first two packs, you know, form a strategy and then suddenly this becomes a very high pick to mm. round up my strategy. Yeah, I agree. I would say that this is a sideboard card for exactly those mirrors. When you're playing like blue black against blue black or black green or something like that, and you need some way to like kind of break the symmetry of the of like the game and the fact that nobody's doing anything, right? This punishes your opponent for not taking action because mm -hmm. if your opponent's not doing anything, they're going to lose because they're losing something every single turn. Um, so yeah, I like this to to sideboard it in, uh, and I, I probably would be hesitant to run it main board. Mm. Can I just ask, what is happening in that picture? Are the scarabs... The scarabs are blue. And they're eating the mummy? Or they are... 
Hungry, hungry scarabs. Tormenting the mummy. Oh, for mummy. I feel bad for the mummy, then. Well, okay. I don't know. Torment of scarab. It's not obvious from the art. They're very glowy, which is nice. Oh, like a carpet unrolling for their god, the scarabs poured out from the necropolis. So they're probably coming out. Oh, oh this is the scarabs coming that's out. That's what... Uh, I'm ready to terrify yeah. the people. Okay. But I like, you know, these blue glowy scarabs are going to look really nice in foil. That's true, yes. So I'm going to raise my brain this card from 35 to 38.2. Oh, okay. because of the but art. I, I think, though, if it's a foil version of this card, you actually have to take it for It's 87 at this point. Okay. Yeah. okay. Good. Um, so our last part of the Torment cycle is Torment of Hailfire. This is Black Black X Sorcery. Uh, I already read the card. Yeah. Uh, so this is the one that you repeat the Torment Clause X times. Uh, and it, this is a really interesting card to me because uh, everyone, you know, the, the kind of default logic of the day, what the, the people tell you, what the internet tells you, is that the uh, Punisher mechanics are bad, right? And saying like, oh, they could choose either lose through life or sack a permanent or discard a card. That's a lot of different options as well. So like, um, that's even easier for them to make a decision. But if you are playing a deck where you can cast this for like X is eight or something, like in the late game, then it becomes so that, like, there's not actually really any good choices. Yeah. Uh, like, this is actually a card that can kind of rip apart your opponent's resources, no matter what those resources are. Um, and cast in the late game, I think that this is pretty strong if you can cast it for a high X. If you cast it for a low X, I think the card is really, really bad. Um, but if you're playing it in a deck that wants to be controlling, and your opponent doesn't have a lot of resources anyways, then casting this in the late game will probably just win you the game most yeah. of the time. Yep, and I, I think I think uh, I think it's interesting you bring up that as you say the prevailing wisdom is that this sort of choice mechanic is bad for you, but it seems like a lot of what's going on with Amakin in general is that a lot of the prevailing theories, um, Wizards has made an effort to mm. to find to to go against conventional wisdom. Sure, like the cartouches or enchantments, usually they'll be terrible. Nobody will want them. Mm. They're a pretty high pick right now because they're yeah. just so because of the way Wizards designed them. Um, or like uh, the really super expensive enchantments like Samurai Convergence, uh, Cruel Reality, Cruel Reality or even just yeah. Bounty of Luxa. You know, yeah. it seems to be designed in such a way that um, that um, that that people are being encouraged to play them and they're actually of use. So I, I, I think I think you're absolutely correct, Ryan. This is uh, I think a very good card, and also the picture is incredible. The art is really good. Yeah. And I mean, I I, I, it's, I said it's kind of a joke, but you know, if I open this up, I just see. Boaz holding this purple flame it was like purple meters uh, hailing down around him I'm just like you know what I'm gonna take this card I'm gonna play it I'm gonna feel super cool <laughs> doesn't matter like this, this is one of the cards like where my daughter would say you know I don't care if I lose a draft if I just cast this one time it's gonna be super awesome <laughs> that, that's all it takes it's worth so, it it's it, worth totally, it yeah this is, a, this is a card I'd be excited to play yeah now do we think this card sees play in constructed no <laughs> okay let me let me think again my instinct is no but, um, cause doesn't have, doesn't control have better things to do than, I'm sorry, cause I'm, I'm picturing this in control deck. I'm yeah. assuming this is bad in a mid-range deck. Though actually maybe in a mid-range mirror, this puts your opponent behind. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I feel like control has better things to do than this. Like. Yeah, so I think if you want to think about this card in Constructed, then you need to think about uh, the two cases that you just brought up. The mid-range mirror, the grindy mid-range mirror, of like Black Green Delirium or Soul Time Mirror, and the control deck playing this. So in the mirror, 
uh, you have to ask yourself, well, okay, you're going to be casting this for a large X, presumably, mm -hmm. um, and that's when you're going to want to do it. So, obviously, that's going to be good. Like, if you if you both have, like, pretty grindy, like, no one's taking action, again, this punishes your opponent for not taking action. But the, the real question is, is it better than your other options? Right. Um, and I think right now, like, if you are playing at the black-green delirium shell, then you can traverse for Ishkana and then drain them out. Or you can traverse for Razakath and then just, like, go completely nuts. Razakath is really good, guys. Yeah, it's like so it. good. Um, so I, I just, I don't know that this is the best option for what you want to be doing. Um, and I think the same thing goes for control decks, where if you are... So first of all, really the only control deck we're seeing right now in standard is blue-red. Um, and it's not doing great anyways. Uh, so this is certainly not an incentive enough mm -hmm. to go into black. Um, and if you are in black, then it feels like you want to kind of try to grind away with Planeswalkers uh, more so than, like, get to a large mana and then, like, cast this spell. To which make is them just dead fall behind but not get... Yeah. Well, I think that this is... I think this would be a burn spell. I think that this is a black burn spell in a black-white control. In, like, a black X control deck where in the late game you've ground them away on resources and this is just your way of finishing the game. But I don't like it because you have ways of finishing the game that also net you card advantage, right? You have Lily, you have Obnixila. So I, I don't like this card because it's dead at every point in the game until you're like, I'm ready to win now. And <laughs> when you're ready to win, like, there you should are. already be winning. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm. So I mean, I'm. I'm still kind of new to like the way of constructed thinking, but I mean, my instinct on this card for constructed is that I, I think giving your opponent a choice in constructed is a lot worse. Yeah. Because your opponent actually has a game plan, and you know, in this case, uh, in constructed standard can go so fast that you know your opponent picks the best choice for them, and then they can win the next turn. Um, that doesn't really happen in limited because you you just get what you get, and you yeah. kind of have to have more expansive view of the possibilities, but. But I mean, that's my, that's that's my instinct on how this might work constructed. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're spot on. Uh, what's our next card, Katie? Our next card is Sinuous Striker. This is blue two for a two two Naga Warrior. You can pay blue to give it plus one minus one until end of turn, and it has eternalized for blue blue three. And discard a card. Oh, and discard a card. Yeah. Oh, I just assumed after eternalized, you know, flavor text or reminder okay. text or whatever. Yeah. So I think this is a limited card. So Min? Yep, uh, limited card, plus one, minus one. Um, when I first started playing limited, I was like, that's stupid. Why, why am I going minus one? <laughs> and then, you know... Then you top it in limited GP. <laughs> <laughs> then I got blown out by a couple of those cards, and I was like, oh, that's why you might want to do that. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's fine. It's interesting. Um, I, I don't think there's anything that special. Um, I think, you know, once you eternalize it, it becomes a 4-4. You know, the threat of it becoming a 7-1 is pretty good. And um, and I, I I think that's fine. I think it's I think it's slightly worse than like other card other of these like plus one minus one cards because you can't do the opposite. You can't do mm. minus one plus one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Which was a, a lot of the benefit of it, where your opponent just didn't know what to do. They had no good choices. Here right. it feels like you know they'll just block with their four four, um, which presumably once you get up to five mana they have, and then right. that'll be that. And you're like cool. And you've like discarded a card to bring it back. Do you think this card gets better if you're running it with lots of other Embalmer internalized cards so that you can try to get some benefit out of discarding a card or Aftermath? Uh. Yeah, I think there, 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 there is some synergy there. Um, I've never, I've never, I've never actually seen a deck which wants to, wants to, wants to, wants to discard your cards at Graveyard to that particular degree that they would prefer to do it as opposed to just playing their, playing, playing their, um, their creature first and then letting it die and then bringing it back. Sure. Um, 
So I, my instinct would be to say that it's, it's not great. It's, it's not that great of a benefit. But, you know, I'm sure at some point I'll be proven wrong. <laughs> mm. um, this sort of feels ahead. like a removal spell to me. Because, like, because it's going to have such a weak back end, it's always going to trade unless it has, like, nothing blocking it. So or an sort aggro of, card as well. Or an aggro card. But at three mana or a 2-2, two, two, and then the next turn you can pump it to a 3-1. It's a pretty bad aggro card. Put a cartouche knowledge on this and uh, oh, it's sure. pretty hard. Oh, that would be great. Then you can do the pump twice and... Yeah. Yeah, it goes up I, to what five power in the air that you're hitting for. Yep, and then gets uh, killed by splitting agony or something. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't, you, can, you, you can't, can't undo the, it. You can't increase the toughness. That's right. Yep. Yep. That's right. Um, our next card is kind of the like just a cl- like vanilla hyper like French vanilla eternalized card. It's proven combatant. It's blue for a one one. Can be blocked. I'm just gonna point that out. <laughs> uh, and it has eternalized for blue blue four. So this is like. This feels like the base case of like a creature with eternalize, um, where this like it just seems bad. Thoughts? <laughs> it, it does seem bad. Uh, I will say that if if the format is anything like the like uh, like um, like triple Amakev, which is pretty fast, you know, one drops, one drops, one drops will be good, and one drops with the upside will be good. Um, at the GP in my in my steel deck, um, when I was filling it out, like I I, I was looking at my options and. Um, I saw my deck, for example, had a lot of flyers and like things like Temin that make things unblockable. My realized why I wanted was low cost creatures could just get through, like Sacred Cats or um, or One Slither Blade, for example. And I, I could see that sort of strategy wanting a couple of these as you know something to get you know a bunch of quick damage in early, and then you kill them with flyers. And worst case, you you internalize it in the end, and you get like a, a reasonable four four body, which you know isn't great, but. Maybe this is enough to act as a blocker or to stabilize somehow. Yeah. So I think this is a card that I will probably not draft, but I could see reasons for drafting it, and I expect to be blown out by it. <laughs> um, and one kind of note on Eternalize is how often do you see people looking at a card and saying, oh, the Eternalize is like too expensive and not recognizing that really it's it's all upside. It's like there's no downside to Eternalize or Aftermath being on the backside of a card. I think that's, that'll happen pretty often. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, yeah, because it, it, it just feels important to remember when evaluating these cards, um, particularly for Limited, that you know if you like the front side or the front side is decent, play it. Because the backside, even if it's not great, it's still some kind of value and an additional option for you to use later on, which is which is nice. So our next card uh, is Struggle to Survive. This is Aftermath, uh, a split card. So Struggle is red to instant. It deals damage to target creature equal to the number of lands you control. And Survive is green one sorcery Aftermath. Each player shuffles his or her graveyard into his or her library. The Survive part feels kind of random to me. <laughs> like <laughs> they're usually kind of linked, right? They kind of like synergize. Yeah, together, like but you don't you don't think deal damage equals your lands. Okay, shuffle your graveyard into your library. Um, but uh, and I also like so we said all the eternalized is just upside, and and I guess it's nice if you can shuffle some of their eternalized stuff away. But um, yeah, I, I think again this is a backside that like maybe it's an upside sometimes, but really it's it's not a huge. Deal to like yeah, you're primarily playing this because the front side is a very good removal spell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is going to be at, at minimum, uh, I guess I shouldn't say at minimum because you could have a mana dork, but like, <laughs> usually this is going to be at worst uh, three mana for three damage, 
and it only scales and gets better as the game goes on, which is right in the late pretty game. rare for a removal spell that's this cheap. So I think that this is this is a really good card in, in limited. Yep, I agree. The the scaling damage is great, uh, like Grand Assault, which was a very good card. Yeah. And like you guys, I have no idea what's going on with Survive. <laughs> I don't know why you would do it. That being said, you know, I think Commit to Memory, for example, mm-hmm. you know, people, a lot of times people were confused why would you ever cast Memory, but Commit was still very good. Once in a while, Memory would save you. Yeah. So maybe yeah. you're being milled out by some aggro mill yeah. deck. Something Maybe your thing. best threat got put in the graveyard, yep. so you survive, and it gets back into your library, and then uh, maybe you can find it. I'll also say that like the number of times I've seen or heard stories about blue-red control players like using Gearhulk to flashback memory because they felt like, well, this is something that I can do, so like I should do, <laughs> and then they lose. Like it's a terrible, terrible play, and yet I hear people talk about like doing it, and like yes, there are corner cases where it's correct, but. You, like, you usually don't restock your opponent's hand. It's not yeah. a good idea. I mean, this isn't quite the same thing. But it's just yeah. Oh, no, it's yeah. completely but, different. Um, but, yeah. Just a, just a fun fun anecdote from, from <laughs> the days of Blu-ray Control. So our last uh, split card for, well, for From Friday was Farm to Market, which is white. To- Adorable. <laughs> also, the farm is, nice. is like a mummy slicing a human. So I don't really like farming people. Uh, what do you think he's carrying in Market? Is it the human? I think a bit of him. Maybe not the whole human? Like his head? I, I can't really tell from this resolution. Farm the humans, bring them to market. <laughs> I don't know. They I, could actually be working together in the field, but it definitely looks to I me think like the mummy is this, yeah. farming the human. Yep. Especially based on what the card does. Ah, uh, yeah. What does yeah, the card it do, right? say, <laughs> sacrifice the land and get some crops. <laughs> and it says, says, destroy target attacking or blocking creature for white two, and it is an instant. Um, and then the market side is the aftermath for blue two sorcery. Draw two cards, then discard two cards. So uh, I think the front side is okay. Uh, it's a reasonable removal spell. Um, it's uh, reasonably costed. Uh, and the back side is a nice option to have in the late game if you're kind of kind of gives you some flood insurance. I think it's a great card. Destroy yeah. target attacking or blocking creatures. Sure. Yeah. I mean, what are they doing with their creatures? I mean, they're right. attacking or blocking. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, there's the odd creature that you can like tap to ping, and then that's a real pain, and you can't get it. But pretty much every creature in limited is just smashing you in the face. So yep. this is three mana, get rid of the creature that's killing you. Yeah, yeah. And then draw two cards and discard two cards. Doing, uh, you know, limited people fly out the bunch. Yeah, sure. That's, that seems great to me. I like this much better than struggle to survive. And you don't <laughs> you don't get this at any card disadvantage either with the the market side because like you're not using a card to cast it which That's is it's nice yeah. as well. Yep, I like it. <gasps> Zombie. All right, Katie. What's the next card? We have Amit Eternal. This is, this is... like Baleful Amit internalized. Very good. Uh, uh, see, uh, I, I got. I done. I've uh, collected the pieces of the puzzle and I'm putting <laughs> them together. Uh huh. Wow. Yes. So this is black two. For a zombie crocodile demon, because it had to have all those archetypes. It's a zombie and a demon? Yeah, oh, and yeah, a crocodile. Cool. And a croc. Croc. Um, it has a flicked three. Uh, it's a five five, and whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a minus one, minus one counter on it. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, remove all minus one, minus one counters from it. Uh, so first off, three for five five is a great rate, and a flicked three is... is very good. The downside of minus one, minus one counters every time your opponent casts any spell, like more creatures, instants, sorceries, just literally any spell, 
Um, that's that's pretty real. But the, it makes it die to grasp of darkness as well. Right. They just have to. Oh, because it's on cast, so they cast grasp. It gets the counter, and then they can. Yep. Then it dies. Yep. Um, still, anyway. I think this is a good card. Um, the fact that you can remove all the counters from it if you deal combat damage is really great. Um, my concern about it, if you're thinking about it for the zombie deck, as I, of course, am, is that it's three mana, and we have so many really, really good zombies in the three mana slot. We have the Lord, we have Diagraph. I guess that's it, but those are the good ones. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think this competes with those two, but I think it's a... I, th- I think it could make its way into Constructed, but it... I don't know what needs to be around it. It needs to be able to get through to remove counters from itself. Yeah, I think it's in this weird spot for constructed at least, where, like you said, the cards that's competing with it are just better than it. And then when those cards rotate, the deck, I think, the deck dies, dies which means then this card doesn't have a home. But zombies always um, come back. <laughs> you look so heartbroken. <laughs> that's what zombies do. <laughs> I think in in limited, this guy's a house. I think that the ability to like, um, since it has a flip three, you're probably going to get to deal. At minimum, like six damage with this, uh, or sorry, six loss of life with this. Because mm. keep in mind, <laughs> a flick damage. doesn't deal damage, which means that you don't get to remove counters no matter what on attack. Um, so you know, three mana for six damage and like eating a creature is is I think reasonable. I predict I'm gonna get murdered so much. By this, card. <laughs> this this card is, I think is really good in limited, as you say. Um, it, the the you might think that you know its downside means it's easy to deal with. It's not gonna be easy to deal with. First of all. Just a minus one, minus one counter synergy. You know, you have a mm-hmm. Patra out, you have Nessus Scarabs out, you have who knows what else, and like just just spits out snakes and and scarabs, and you're like, whoa, where did it all come from? And and the, the the second thing is is the fact that I can remove the counters means this this feels a lot like in the way a menace creature to me. In that like if I'm facing down a menace creature and I realize I'm I'm gonna need to block with two things to kill this turn, I'm a, I'm a double block it, and then I I just had to wait and pray that they don't have a trick. Because of that trick, I'm going to be completely blown out. I feel like this card kind of has the same sort of feel, where if someone attacks with this, even even if I have lots of plans, it's like, okay, I'll cast two spells now and block with this, I'll be able to kill it. If they have like a single trick, you're just going to be, like give a trample somehow, like brief strength or something like that, you'll be completely blown out. So I think this is a very, very dangerous card unlimited, and I expect to lose to it a lot. Yeah, I think that the ability to... Uh, you know, synergize this with something that gives it some kind of evasion, whether that be flying trample or menace or any of these things, makes it uh, even, even like really, really good. Like you just gonna win the game probably. Yep. Um, and also, I think that if you play this on curve and limited, your opponents for the first you know couple turns of the game are only gonna be casting one spell a turn, right? right. Uh, like assuming they're they're like curving out. So this means that it's not gonna accumulate counters at a huge rate. And you're gonna be able to apply significant pressure to them. Uh, while they're trying to build up their board as well. Yep, it's it's, it's like consuming fervor in that extent. Sure. Like consuming mm-hmm. fervor, thought would be a terrible card. People just put it down on curve, and then you just die to whatever thing they put it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. Uh, can I ask like a, a an interaction question? Mm-hmm. So if you gave this trample mm-hmm. and someone blocks and then it tramples through, does it? Do they lose life from afflict and they get the trample damage? Like, Afflict is just if they yeah. block, right? Oh, yep. Yeah. So Dang. if they block and you trample through, they lose three life and oh, they take the trample Oh, you're thinking nasty thoughts that's, oh. that's really good. <laughs> Yikes. And Trample is really good. Like, um, yeah. in, in Limited, um, Trample is super good. 
I won most of my my uh, my graph games solely off trample, brute strength, because people just don't expect it. Yeah. Like, uh, it's 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 super good. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I think being able to do that with this card would, would just be a great thing. We cracked it, guys. This is this is one of the best cards. Make sure to you know pick it highly when it. Don't let it wheel. You know, I know it's <laughs> it's only a rare, so you'll probably see a couple of them, but uh, you know, watch out for that. So. Uh, our next card is a split card. It's Refuse to Cooperate. This is red 3, instant. Uh, refuse deals damage to target spells controller equal to that spell's converted mana cost. And Cooperate is blue 2, instant aftermath. Copy target spell or sorcery spell. Sorry, copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Can I just say something about the picture? So, like, there's yeah. a trillion zombie zapping away some guy. That zombie is a child, and that, and that person he's zapping is a parent. Because this is, every parent knows exactly what this card is about. This, this is a metaphor for parenthood. It's, it's terrible. They turn your, uh, your, your words back on you. Yeah. They twist them. And they, they refuse twist them. to cooperate. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, if I look at this card, uh, I see something. I think a lot of people look at this card and say, oh, this card is completely unplayable. It's gross. Um, because this is a four mana, like, so it's a four mana Let burn spell. Let their spell resolve, but hurt them a little. Well, the spell doesn't resolve, uh, uh, like before you get the still resolve, sure. right? So just something to keep in mind. But I, I think that like right now the deck doesn't exist that wants a four mana burn spell that's gonna do like some arbitrary amount of damage, like it's terrible against any kind of aggro deck, etc. Uh, where I do think this is good is I think this is gonna serve a role, and maybe like the role this role doesn't need to be served, so this card sees zero play. But I think this card would see play in a similar role to Deflecting Palm where mm. uh, Deflecting Palm came in when you were playing against very specific decks that you knew, oh, I cannot beat like their 10-drop or their 8-drop or whatever. So if we see a card like, you know, for example, the one we're going to talk about later on, um, Overwhelming Splendor or uh, Razaketh, and we start to see these cards see play, and you're like, I actually can't deal, I can't deal with these cards. Like, if they resolve it, you win. But you're in kind of an aggressive deck, then maybe they cast Razaketh, and you're like, okay, take 8, and then you win the game. So I think that that's the kind of role that the front side of this card uh, sees. Um, but it might just not be a role that needs to be played in standard or exists in standard. Katie looks skeptical. That's just... Well, so I guess I saw this. It's red-blue. We've had a red-blue control deck. So I was like, okay, do control decks want this? No. No. Right. And then you just propose it as maybe like an aggro... Not top-end, but like responding to... Things that control decks or other larger decks could resolve. Yeah. This is four mana deal five if they're playing Ishkana. Yeah, but I just think then you still can't get through the Ishkana. Like, unless that five mana damage is lethal, like, you still lose because you can't get through Ishkana. It should be lethal, though. Like, think about a deck like a Tarka Red, right? Where, like, these decks would deal a ton of damage in the first three or four turns of the game, and then if you manage to survive that and weather that and play something, you just stonewall them. But now you say, oh, I can deal a bunch of damage to you in the early turns of the game, and now I can pay four mana and like deal five or six damage to you um, before that spell even resolves. Uh, but the, like the problem is that this deck that we're talking about doesn't exist. Well, I think, <laughs> I think it has better, like, if it can manage to do black, like, do cut to ribbons, like, have a drain effect. Like, but this the deck's is not so... going to have enough mana. Like, cut to ribbons makes that two damage for four. Yeah. Cut to ribbons would never be a, a good burn spell, except in it, like control deck where yeah. you're going to be play- or like and I know Marty Vehicles plays it but that's because the yeah. deck is like super weird and floods out all the time even though it's a terrible <laughs> mana base but yeah yeah, it's just weird because this is like so dependent on your opponent and if they're like 
a slower deck. Maybe they have counter spells, or maybe they're waiting well, until you run out of stuff. I'm proposing like, it that it's a sideboard card because yeah. you're, you're, you're presumably that you know the standard metagame. You know, oh, this you know black green delirium. I can't beat Ishkana. So what I can do is try to deal a bunch of damage and then slide this in, and I know what they're going to play. I know they're going to play five and six drops. So uh, if the game's still going on, then then this should just like end it immediately. I think you're right that uh, it's a it's a sideboard card. I think it's a card that a lot of people will get excited by, by and make the mistake of mainboarding, mm -hmm. um, because I, I think Katie's hesitations are correct. Like there's a lot of times when this will be will, will be useless, and I think you're correct, Ryan. Like there's a lot of decks where I would like to play this against, like you know, super dirtle Samurai Convergence deck or something like that, where it's the one thing that saves you. So I, I'm having a hard time evaluating this. I don't even know what I think of, of the flip side cooperate yeah <laughs> yeah that was so weird you get to copy just... a spell so i think we actually have something like that in standard right now don't we we have a red two instant deal two damage and then you can pay blue two and exile it and copy a instant of sorcery and it was in in a strad block really geist blast geist blast geist blast, oh. blast and that card's seen zero play um but the, the the ceiling of that card is much much lower than the ceiling of this card um so I think that the backside, based on the fact that like the this other card hasn't seen any play, but maybe like the front side just doesn't get enough to get it there. But I don't think the backside is great. I think again, it's going to be a card that um, sometimes this will randomly be helpful, and the the backside is really all upside, right? It just exists right. for like, hey, cool, I can do this maybe. Um, but the front side, I think, is why is how you should evaluate the card. I think I figured out my problem with this card. It's just that both sides are just incredibly reactive. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. So it just makes it very hard to... And narrow. Like, not just reactive. Like, they, they require very specific situations to be good and maybe even different situations to be yeah. good. Yeah. It's very weird. Very I would weird. not pick this or put it in a standard deck. <laughs> Until I see someone else show me where it's good. Like, I don't know. It's... Do you yeah. know what else is really weird? Kids. Kids are very weird. You can't. Reactive to them. Just another parallel. I know, right? You have to be super reactive to kids. You have no idea what you're going to do. <laughs> um, so our next card, uh, I think, is good in a very specific deck. Uh, this is Champion of Wits. Blue 2 for a 2-1 Naga Wizard. When Champion of Wits enters the battlefield, you may draw cards equal to its power. If you do, discard two cards. And it has Eternalize for Blue Blue 5. Uh, and it is a 2-1. I don't know if I said that or not. So this card... I think is good in blue red emerge. Um, I don't know that blue red emerge wants to play it over some of its other threats, but this is a three mana creature, and three mana is kind of the magic number for where you can play a three mana creature into a turn four deep fiend. Um, plus, it does what the deck wants to do already, which is put cards in the graveyard and like filter through its deck quickly and draw more cards. Uh, the downside of this is that it dies to everything on the face of the earth, um, <laughs> except, you know, conditionally Fatal Push. Uh, so I, the, the Blue-Red Emerge is the only place I can think of putting this, but I don't know if it's even good enough to go there. You played a lot of Blue-Red Emerge, Min. Yep. What do you think? Uh, Blue-Red Emerge, um, I think having something to put things in the graveyard is super critical, and... That, that was a blue red first deck, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I think this this will have a, this this will have a place in that because um, I remember there's a lot of times where you know you would get stuck either not having the ways to put things in a graveyard or not having not having the creatures to play and having both in one card seems to be a pretty seems to be a pretty good compromise that maybe helps you in, in both cases. I think another nice upside of this card is that 
uh, it, if you, so you're thinking, okay, well, we play the simpler to merge. Uh, we have to make some cuts. What do we cut? Well, we probably cut something like tormenting voice or cathartic reunion. And if we cut those for this, um, that has two benefits. One, you can emerge off of this. You can't emerge off of cathartic reunion. Two, if those cards get those cards require you discard first, and drawing first is always better. And second, these cards require. Uh, it means that if it gets countered you're really in a pretty bad spot because you just discarded three cards from your hand. But if this card gets countered, fine, it's countered. You, you one for one to your opponent. Um, you don't have to worry about going down on card advantage uh, unless it actually resolves. Um, and then once it resolves, you're good, you're fine. So I, I think it, it kind of shores up a couple of issues, strengthens the blue red emerge deck a little bit, maybe with replacing um, uh, Cathartic Reunion or Voice with this. It is one more mana, but I like the upsides. Yeah. No, I play against a blue-black kind of emerge zombie deck too. This, I mean, if you if you take out from any voice, then you take out one of the big reasons to play red. Yeah, that's true. That's true because one of the big draws to red was that ability to dump large numbers of cards at, at sorcery speed for cheap. Um, but maybe blue-black becomes more competitive because of this. That's a good point. Yeah, um, I like also Ryan. You pointed out earlier to me, not on the podcast, that when you eternalize, it comes in as a four-four. So you draw four, but you only discard two. Yeah. So it scales well in the late game if you have the mana and nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's scaling well in the late game. This is an excellent limited card. I, yeah. I, 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 I saw people react to this card saying, eh, but I mean, you know, the double loot when it comes in and then late game, you get a 4-4 four, four body and you get go up two cards. That seems amazing to me. Oh, yeah. I would, like, if we just look at the Eternalize set, I would play in my deck a 7 mana, draw 4, discard 2, like 4-4 four, four, the late game. Like, I'd, I'd play one of those. That would be fine. I'd be happy to play that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, our next card uh, is one I like a lot. Uh, this is Overwhelming Splendor. Uh, white, white, six. Enchantment or a curse. Uh, enchant player. Creatures enchanted player controls lose all abilities and have base power and toughness one, one. Enchanted player can't activate abilities that aren't mana abilities or loyalty abilities. Wow, this card is amazing. The card is amazing. Everything is about it's great. amazing. Wow. <laughs> Everything is great. So... Ah, okay. So this is like a humility that also shuts off um, their ability to use uh, to use abilities. <laughs> um, and this means that they can't use abilities from anywhere. I saw some questions about, oh, well, can they cycle? Can they, like, do things from their hand? No, you cannot do any of those things. Um, ah. So this shuts off everything except the ability to cast spells and activate Planeswalkers. Now, if you are uh, have this card out and you're activating Planeswalkers, uh, I don't care very much because you can't do anything else so like planeswalkers lose a lot of value when all of the creatures in your deck are one ones um now it's obviously very expensive uh it's it's maybe not something that you want to play in standard uh because of it's a very very high cost and at this point in the game you're gonna uh if you do cast it you're gonna shut off everything like you can't lose the game if you cast this at eight. if you are at one life and they have a creature on they have lethal that's true. Uh, so I guess you can lose the game if you cast this. Is, is, uh, are things like flying, are those abilities? Uh, those are abilities. Okay. So they lose flying, so no they lose flying, trample. No flying, no vigilance. No vigilance. No menace. Um, They're just one little baby one One thing to note is this does combo with uh, Dampening Pulse. Uh, and it Ooh. shuts off the ability of your opponent to do damage to you with creatures. That's fun. Um, so something to note with Sander. Uh, in Modern, this combos with, uh, I think it's Curse of Misfortunes, which is the five mana curse. That at the beginning of your upkeep, you get to search for a curse uh, with a different name than any curse you control on the battlefield and just put it into play. So that means that you can put this card into play on turn six 
in modern. Um, you can also use Starfield of Nyx, and if you dump this uh, <laughs> card into your graveyard, you get to bring it back with Starfield of Nyx, and then it also has the up or downside, depending on what the situation is, uh, of becoming an 8-8, uh, if you have enough enchantments as well. So, this is a card that uh, I would keep an eye on, um, and I think oh, that... Oh, well, it's, yeah. you enchant them, so you don't control the enchantment? You control the enchantment. You control so. the enchantment, but they're enchanted, yeah. so you can still swing at them with your 8-8? Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, except uh, Starfield says non-auras. Ah, okay. Yeah, and, and it's like three paragraphs of text it does specify. <laughs> <laughs> non-aura. Alright, so that one doesn't work, but that everything else. Work, but everything else is good. So I would keep an eye on this card. I think its power level is so high that it's something just to watch. I don't know where it goes, but it's really strong. And another reason why it's good they banned Marvel, because this yeah. on turn four, I don't think you can win. <laughs> like, I don't know how you beat this on turn four. It's interesting. So you're, you're, you guys are talking from a constructive perspective. From a limited perspective, um, the closest comparison would probably be another 8-mana champion, Samuel Convergence. Sure. Um, mm. And again, the uh, previous preventing wisdom, champion's bad, blah, blah, blah. Champions in this set are very good. I think this is very good. I think it's actually worse than Samuel Convergence, though, because Samuel Convergence, you kept you you kept having creatures out, and you, you generate your own like immediate win condition. Whereas with Overwhelming Splendor, you kind of still have to have stuff in hand to actually break your way through. Um, that being said, I mean, this. I, I open this, I take it, I, I cast it, uh, I would not feel bad about it. Yeah. Um, it's so very it's so very good. I just find it interesting. I think it, I think it is worse than Samuel Convergence. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's very different, right? This is a you are not going to kill me card. It doesn't win you the game. Samuel Convergence is like, you still might kill me if you're fast enough, but it's going to win you the game. Like, it has this really fast inevitability. So they're sort of like, one's the aggressive, this is the defensive. Though I think Samurai Convergence also was, was def I mean, it is producing blockers because it does it on end step. And it prevents flyers from attacking. Oh, yeah. on end step? On end step. Yeah. Flyers can't attack you yeah. and... Flyers uh, can't attack you? Yes. Right. That part is... <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's also, like, Samurai Convergence is often at its best, so you can certainly ramp into it, but it's also when, like, you're already kind of staring at each other and then one player plays a Samurai Convergence... You're gonna win because, right. like, yeah. So, in this kind of similar boat here, where you play this card, all this stuff become one ones. Uh, you're gonna win, but maybe it might take a little bit. Yeah, maybe take a little bit. Just so, jumpers. if one person had cast salmon convergence, another player cast Ooh. a little splendor, and everybody just threw lands for the rest of the game, salmon convergence, would win. convergence sure. would win. That's true. That's true. Very slowly, but yes. <laughs> Their army of one ones would get there. Um, our next card is unraveling mummy. Katie, uh, I know you you love your zombies. So. Yes, yes. Though I do I do play mono black. I think that is I think everyone agrees that is the correct build. Correct. Um, and I think a lot of people agree. Sadly, that zombies will die post rotation. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, here is a zombie for you, all you zombie fans out there. For me? No, not for you. You're not a zombie fan. Are you? Fan. This is for you, man. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it is black, white, one. I'm a fan of zombies because I, I, uh, I have a great match against them. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. oh I see how That's it harsh. is. That's yeah. Harsh. yeah. All right, it is black, white, one for a two-three zombie. Uh, you can pay white one target attacking zombie gains lifelink till end of turn, or black one target attacking zombie gains death touch until end of turn. So I'll say a couple things I like about this. Um, Flavor the, text. Oh. We are no longer in control. A lack of Azir from bombing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh wow. That's, yeah. All right. Thing number one. Yeah, flavor text. That's cool. Uh, thing number two. Uh, the 2-3 body. I think the 3 toughness 
is actually kind of important. It can be really frustrating on zombies when you have a lord out and you have all your like X1 or 2-2 zombies, right? Like Diagraph, if you don't have anything dead, it's just a 2-2. Mimic and um, Dreadwanderer are both 2-1. So you have one lord and they still only have two toughness and they die to everything. Um, so I think the three toughness body is really nice against board wipes. If you have like one lord effect, this is going to survive Sweltering Suns. Um, or Radiant Flames, or Yehenny's Expertise. So I, I like the toughness. The abilities are nice. <laughs> I I guess Zombies races sometimes, so maybe Lifelink matters, but... Uh, I think um, the second ability is very good in yeah. Limited, uh, especially because in Limited, this oh, is one of those yeah. abilities we talk about where you'll never have to use it because you just have the threat of activation. Yep. So you get to attack mm. for free, your opponent won't do anything, and then second main you get to play. You get to use the mana. Yeah. This yep. is an amazing limited card, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it feels like expensive to me in standard. In standard, like, yeah. the Death Touch, you'd rather just go high than just, like, yeah. eat your brains. And, and again, you zombies, have better three-drop zombies. And, like, I know how mana-intensive that deck is, too, where you need to hold up mana for Crypt Breaker and Relentless Dead and, like, casting your five drops on time. And so, it, yeah, I don't I don't love it, but in limited, like Min said, I think the card is Please. really strong. Really strong. Yeah. Uh, and it also is. just like it, the lifelink too is, is a relevant thing. Like yep. you can yep. get far ahead or you can win a race or you can like come back from very close to dying. And yeah. And there are gain a lot life. Gain, gain, gain life. Gain life. That's, That's <laughs> all the things I just described. Uh, Min summarized it really yeah. well. You get to gain life. <laughs> it is nice. I mean, there's so many like random zombies running around and limited and anything that you embalm or internalize is going to be a zombie. So I think this is good early or late. And it combos really well with our next card, Godfarah's Gift. Hooray! What was that? Hooray! 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 It's an artifact at the beginning of combat. Oh, and it does cost seven mana if you couldn't understand what <laughs> Katie was saying. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, Create a token that's a copy of that card, except it's a 4-4 black zombie. It gains haste until end of turn. Oh, it gains haste. Yeah, that's, I think, really good. I didn't read that that part before. That's great. I think there's two timing things that are important. One is it gains haste. Another one is beginning a combat on your turn, because that means that um, you can use it the turn you cast it. Um, Also, I'm very confused about what just happened when you guys were talking (laughs) Uh, about the card. Well, it's okay, because, like you said, the timing restriction is, well, you can crew vehicles with this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cruel vehicles. So, um... I... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just laughing at other things. Um, so, anyways. Uh, I like this card in Limited. I think it's good. Uh, in the late game, like, you're going to have a graveyard that's decently stocked with creatures. I don't think you <laughs> nice need to... Nice and stocked. <laughs> stocked while they're, they're a resource. Um, I don't think that you need, like, a ton of creatures in your graveyard to make this good. I think if you get two or three activations off this... That is good enough, and that will often be sufficient to just win you the game. Um, the fact that they have haste is really good. It means you don't have to wait a turn, and like you can really use this card aggressively. Or if you want, you can use it as a blocker, like if that's what you need. So uh, I and I also love that it really does internalize them. It's a copy, so you reget any ETBs, um, and it's I just really like it. I think it's a nice card. If only there was some way you could search for your one copy in your limited deck. Is there a way to do that, Miz? Is there? Why, yes, there is. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. <laughs> so, yes, this is the card that combos with uh, Gate to the Afterlife um, from uh, from the first set. And I just got to say that it's, for me personally, as someone who appreciates, you know, 
the the story moments and just like this, you know, super cool um, characters and everything that's happening, event wise and plot wise. I think it's super cool that they have this kind of like combo card that actually seems really good. Yeah. Um, I like like you said, Godfather's Gift is a easy first pick. Uh, play it's super powerful. It's a it's an expensive card. Maybe worse than enchantment because there's more ways of killing artifacts than enchantments. Yeah. Still, you know, you you get at least one activation presumably, and um, combos with Gate to the Afterlife. You know, I could see. You know, so can we review Gate to the Afterlife for people who completely ignored it last set because it was unplayable without the thing it fetched? <laughs> sure. Gate to the Afterlife. Uh, that's the three cost artifact. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, you gain one life. Then you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. And then two tap sack it. Search your graveyard, hand, and or library for a card named Gatfire's Gift, and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. Activate this ability only if there are six or more creature cards in your graveyard. So yeah, um, I, I, I actually, after reading that, I, I think uh, Gate to Afterlife is still pretty bad. Yeah. That, that, that six mana thing, that six or more creatures is pretty bad. Mm. On the other hand, you are going to have a fair amount of creatures unlimited, and... Um, you know, the looting effect is very good. Um, so maybe I'm wrong about this. Um, I do know if I, if I picked up uh, Gothfarrow's Gift, then I say Gate to Afterlife, I'm thinking it. Yeah, so. Yeah. It does seem like a better combo than what we had when uh, last time they did this reference with like Heart Piercer Bow and Vial of Dragonfire, which yep. are both pretty bad cards. So at least this is, this is a little bit better. Um, do we think this card uh, is good for Constructed at all? Yes. I don't know. But I'm going to. I'm going to. <laughs> but I'm you're going to put it sure in a constructed deck. I was going to say, I'm surprised you you said it so adamantly. But I, I actually agree. I think that. What? I think that as a like a one of, um, this could be fine if we see, if black green goes back to being like a vessel of nascency grapple with the past deck, then uh, this card is strong. So black this, green goes back to its roots. Back to its roots. Yeah. And also, I mean, green gate to the roots. afterlife, like. Um, I, I don't know if it's playable. Probably not because it's super durly, but I mean it gets it from the from your from a graveyard. Like they kill Gaffaro's mm-hmm. gift, you just get it back. You oh, you you you, you only need one copy of Gaffaro's gift. And guess what? Guess how much this card costs, man? Three. If it costs three, do you know what that means? You can get it with trophy mage. That's right, Katie. You can get it with trophy mage. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> and if you have a panharmonicon, you can get two of them. Whoa, this deck is becoming oh so consistent. Goodness. It's not even legendary. Nope. Whoa. You get multiples in play. That's how good this is. You just need some dead creatures in your graveyard to exile so that you can actually do anything. Yeah, we're breaking this card. But like, think about bringing back, so you play Godfire's Gift, and your graveyard is well stocked, and you get to bring back Grimflare, and you get to Hasty Grimflare, Hasty Ishkana. Uh, like, I mean, every single card the Black Green deck plays is good by itself. Like, that's why it plays them. Um, so the ability to get back these really great, powerful creatures... Um, many of which have right, so you're use. saying Ishkana, Grimflare, you're being boring. We're talking about 4 4 Ulamog. No. Oh, oh, no. 4-4 no. Kozilek. No. Tiny cute virgins of Eldrani just oh, running out. No. I mean, I think I think cards like this are great. Like they're they're not they're not obviously tier one strategies. I think they probably won't be, but this is the sort of card that people are gonna want to brew about. I'm I fully expect to see one or two of these decks on game days. People having a ton of fun with them and yeah. just trying to get it work. And I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um not everything has to be obviously great for like the number one pro tour winning deck. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just very impressed. It's a fun card. card. Yeah. It's a fun card. Do you remember when our our game day, Collective Company was the best deck? It was like the mono collect company meta and our game day was like 
half Brain of the Jar deck. <laughs> that was the weirdest game day that I think I've ever played in. That's what makes our store so great. Well, uh, Check out any seat, Coolidge Corner. There you go. Uh, what did you play, Katie, at that game day? Do you remember? I played Esper Control, the Plurator list with just like only Planeswalkers and spells and like one sings the final word. Min played Seasons Past. Was that what I was playing? That's what you played at that game day. Okay. Black, green. You might have splashed a color, actually, in that Maybe I, white I, or blue. Yeah. And what did you play? Was Obson alive at that time? I don't know. Was, that wasn't the mill, because we also had one game day with like a ton of mill strategies. <laughs> that is pretty weird. What's <laughs> up with that? <laughs> Man, we have to, have to get to go to our next game day. You know, as someone who once made the Providence, I would say that you're part of the... <laughs> hey. You're, you're part one of the, the symptoms. Yeah. Well, man, I have some good news for you. Yeah. I'm currently on for standard, uh, a white black control list. Oh, Catros, Last Mercy. Oh well, I'm ex- I am excited for that card for uh, white black control. I think yeah. it's good. I think it's yeah. very good. Yeah. Uh, but I seriously considered putting in Providence yet again. Oh my god! I know Catros Last Mercy. Well, it's not he legal yet. Now. I mean, right now. Oh, now. Yeah, yeah, right now. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, deck is good, guys. White black control. Uh, so, appeal to authority is our last card of the night. This is green, uh, so this again, split card. Uh, appeal is green for a sorcery until end of turn, target creature gains trample and gets plus X plus X where X is the number of creatures you control. Uh, authority, aftermath, white one sorcery, tap up to two target creatures your opponents control. Creatures you control gain vigilance until end of turn. So, Excellent. Uh, seems like a limited card. Min? Yeah, it's great limited. Um, so both sides seem to be uh, sorcery versions of cards that were played in, um, uh, were, were, that, that, that are played in limited. My the Masses and that card I've already forgotten. Um, Dang, now I forgot it. It's, um... The, the Innocent Child is the Forgotten. Not, no, that's the spirit. Uh, uh, Investigate. And Tap Two Creatures. Tap Two Creatures. Uh, Riv, inv- Riv- I don't remember what it was either. Yes, okay. So, whatever it was, it was it was, it was a card that was deceptively powerful. Uh, instant speed, tap the creatures, and a lot of times you just foul win the game um, afterwards. Um, Sorcery speed makes it worse, works, makes all this worse, but the fact that it's two cards in one makes it better. So it's kind of like comparing like three flurvals to like four quidgets, you know. I don't really know, but I think it's still good. <laughs> I mean, I don't That's even know what three flurbles are worth, so <laughs> already. But relative to four flidgets. Mm. Quidgets. Quidgets, I'm sorry. Flidgets yeah. are, you know, Just probably have seven. Yeah, flidgets are, I mean, they don't see play anymore. They don't yeah. see play. Uh, yeah, I, I love this. I think it's pretty good. Uh, it does have the downside of being sorcery speed, but like, you know, these are both good cards. Like, and trample. And trample. Trample, good. which we were saying is so important. Yeah, and it's no trample, be... uh, but trample is still decent. <laughs> And the Vigilance, again, is very relevant. You know, you can survive attack. One of the big things about uh, 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 Trial of Solidarity, the Vigilance mm-hmm. was actually highly important because mm-hmm. a lot of times what made it backbreaking was that um, your opponent couldn't swing back against yeah, your wall. Right. You couldn't just win out there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think that's a great card. Also, lets you exert as well if you're having exert uh, stuff. Fully. That's a good right. point. Uh, because we all know, you know, Glorybringer was a kind of subpar card, but when you were able to run it with Vigilance... Then it became... It became playable. It became playable. It became playable. Right. Barely. Barely. But Barely. it got there a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And uh, it looks like that takes us to the end of our uh, cards from today. So I think we have, uh, for this week, we have two Mythics left and something like uh, eight rares. Oh, no, less than that. Only Probably a couple rares left. Uh, white and green Mythic, right? Mr. I think Chimito. so. Yeah, that seems, that seems right. Um, so 
Are we, we're still missing Blue's uh, Kefnet's last epiphany. I like well, it. Could be. that was what you coined, and yeah. I I think that I'm that's where my. Do you think the red one has red's last defiance? defiance. Wouldn't that be cool? You, you put some thought to this. I like that. I, did, I put a lot yeah, of Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we still need the red and the blue, and those are both rares. Uh, and then we are waiting, like you said, I think on white and green mythics. So should be fun to see those as well. Uh, wait, did we get a... Isn't a... This is a white mythic. We got the white mythic. But there's two, you're right. There's two. Yeah. Cool. So that's uh, our plan for this week. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, some more exciting spoilers. Uh, any final thoughts? So we, Min, uh, any thoughts on the set so far? I think it's a lot of fun, but I just like new cards, so... You do. I'm you super do. excited. Who super doesn't? Uh, what are you going to brew to flip the tables on you in Constructed? Well, so, my daughter Molly is going to play Nicole Ball as something. She doesn't know what, she just wants <laughs> Nicole Ball as in there. Godfather's Gift is super exciting to me. I don't think Godfather's Gift and Nicole Ball belong together, so yeah. I think it's safely separate the two. Sure. Uh-huh. Although, if there's a way, then she's going to want to do it, so mm-hmm. I just have to hope, but I, I don't know. I, I, I like these kind of, like... Uh, new series store cards but truthfully like you know two weeks afterwards I'll probably just net deck something <laughs> <laughs> um yeah Katie are you gonna stick to zombies you think oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll stick to zombies until rotation at which point yeah. I will promptly drop it because I think the deck is unplayable without Crip Burger. cool what's the other one that we lose Relentless Dead two key cards you yeah. just you can't also play lose, the deck without them uh, you lose um, Dark Salvation too. what a, yeah it's just it's straight up just not can a deck I share a story? can I share a story so and my white block control deck, and I promise, like, the deck's really good. Really, it's really competitive. Like, I crush the zombies, beats black green, top eight, PBTQ with it, really good. Uh, but I played Gaunti against zombies, and I found a Dark Salvation. So the next turn, I cast it for X equals five, put five zombies out. Two turns later, Gaunti. Found a second Dark Salvation. And then I cast it again, and I got a bunch of six zombies. And then the next turn, he didn't let me. He conceded, but I was going to get a Liliana emblem. And then oh, so many zombies. With so many zombies already so, out. Yeah. Against I another hope you zombies wouldn't, player. Uh, forget your Liliana emblem trigger. I would never do that. So <laughs> what you are saying is that Gonti will be bad once Dark Salvation rotates. Oh yeah, unplayable. I see. No, that's, I, that's good insight there. Glorious King Gonti. guys, for standard, Gonti is the best, like one of the best cards. Secretly <laughs> oh, no, totally. best cards yeah. in standard. Like I have once hit all lands and i've once hit something that i wasn't excited about uh every other time it's been like a removal spell which you want or something like actually like a bomb uh i, I think gandhi is great and recurring it with liliana is insane i i, I agree with that i think gandhi is amazing yeah. and the tilt factor in opponent should not be underestimated and even, the tilt factor. oh yeah they the hate stress. it they yeah. hate it yeah it, um, it's stressful what is even because better about that? Because they're touching your cards? Yes. Because that's a serious, like, I don't like if people are, like, touching my cards to tap them or, like, yeah. whatever. It's just rude. Also, today we were looking at uh, some Hariruya lists that were posted, and we translated it. Uh, Google, I should Google say. Google translated. translated it. Um, and Gonti was translated as beautiful king. Glorious. Oh, no, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Gorgeous king, comma, Gonti. Oh. So from oh, now on, I'm oh, calling him the gorgeous king. king. I still really like Gaunti, Lord of Spice. That's what I called it. Because when Gaunti first came out, and people were like, eh, card's not very good. I was like, no, card is great. And I put it in Black Green Delirium, and I crushed. Because it that was, was really... Spicy it's just that, Yeah, so I called it Lord of Spice. It wasn't in my side deck, Katie. It, oh, was, it was in my main board. My bad. <laughs> you don't sideboard cards like Gaunti or Providence. You put them in the main. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you grouped Gaunti and Providence. 
very it's my spicy one on that. That, that gets there. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think that does it for tonight. Um, thank you, Min, for joining us. We're always excited to thank have you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, any final thoughts, Katie? No. <laughs> Katie loves it when I ask her that question. <laughs> so I ask her on purpose now just because she gets she's glaring at me right now. It's really great. Any so, final thoughts, Ryan? Oh, any final thoughts? <sighs> okay. So I think uh-huh. that I think that white black control is good. Like I think that I think that people are not playing this deck, but they should, and I think that it is really good. Is this all you talked about? Because anguish yeah. I'm making. Don't is, spread your secrets. I know. I almost wrote up a post on it because it was it played so so some data right. I've played a, uh, I've lost one game to zombies in the ten times. Two. You lost once to me, and you lost uh, one. But one of that time, I think it was one at the PBTQ. Oh, you didn't? No. You didn't drop any at the PBTQ? I dropped zero The only one you dropped was against me? It was against you Go once. me. So, yeah, I played, that was 10 games against zombies, and I dropped one individual game. Yeah. Um, and then Black oh. Green, I, I've, I've lost, like, three out of, like, ten. So Black Green seems good, and I haven't been able to test enough against Mardu or Teamer, but Teamer seems fine. Uh, you gotta watch out for... Um, Hydra. Oh, no, you're no, probably like, fine with Hydra doesn't need, like yeah, like, it doesn't... You basically just gotta watch out for them outvaluing you. So mm. like you need to like really hold your fumigate until you can hit them for a lot. You get to run fewer four fumigate, which is awesome. Uh, Mardu I think is the hardest matchup, but you have four like anguish I'm making is. I swear, guys. So pose when this card set comes out, I'm not changing anything. <laughs> I'm basically just gonna continue running the same list, but I'm also gonna build Sultai Delirium, which is Black Green Delirium, but with the Scarab God, because I think it's good. With the Scarab God. So that's my final thoughts. Any final thoughts, man? Did you already ask yeah, me this question? I did. Okay. We're dragging it up. So, uh, <laughs> thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, once again, we're brought to you by New England Comics. Check them out at the uh, NEC Coolidge Facebook and Flipside Gaming at flipsidegaming.com. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. I'm Min. And this is Spoiler, Spoiler Season. season. <laughs>